Hey everybody, it's Sam with Paranormal Review, and we're in the second part of exploring Ghost Ventures, Demons in Seattle, that happened, it aired on February 28, 2015, during season 10, episode 10, and five years later, we're still talking about this. This is the episode where Dave Schrader and Bill Chappelle um, joined Zach, Aaron, Jay, and Billy in Bothell, uh, Washington to explore a house there. And like I said, the episode was called Demons in Seattle. Now let's back up and talk just a little bit about the actual house. Um, they, it, and when I say they, I mean Keith Linder, the landlord, the people in the area, have called it the Bothell Hell House. It's located, like I said, in Bothell, Washington. And Keith Linder started living there in 2012 with his girlfriend, Tina. Now, through my different research and everything, I haven't been able to find Tina's name. I, I don't know, and I haven't heard her on any podcasts or seen any interviews with her, so I'm not 100% sure um, that she wants to be involved with this anymore. It is my understanding that her and Keith uh, ended up breaking up soon after Ghost Adventures was either there or after the episode aired. I'm not 100% sure. Um, they filmed this in 2014. And like I said, it aired in 2015. Now, he started living there, like I said, in 2012. He lived there until 2016. Keith states that when they moved in, the very day that they moved in, when they were unpacking, that they heard a childlike giggle both he and Tina heard it kind of looked at each other and of course did the did you hear that and weren't sure what to make of it he talks about you know the first couple months it was things like that um a child giggling or um he mentioned seeing at one point, a lady in white. He later, in, you can go to YouTube, and we're, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But on YouTube, he has a picture of what he says is a lady in gray. So, um, not... A hundred percent sure as far as 
whether the lady in white and lady in gray are the same or, or not. But things progressively, I guess, got worse. And um, he started seeing floating objects. Felt like, you know, he was going crazy. He was seeing things. Um, it is my understanding he went to the doctor. And, you know, to make sure that everything was okay. Um, at one point, there started to be spontaneous fires, which he talked about in the episode. He stated that there had been three Bibles burned. Um, he talked about, um, I, I believe he showed them two of the Bibles. I know he showed them one, but I think he showed them two different Bibles. He showed where a cross on the wall had been burned. Now, as he was going through this nightmare, as he, he calls it, for about a year and a half, he actually called in um, the scientific establishment of the parapsychology. He called uh, different paranormal groups in the area and they would either come in, get a weird feeling and leave, or they were busy or they didn't want to come. So this, I guess, was the first group that he could actually get a hold of and that would come. They came in and set up motion detectors and different recording equipment. It is my understanding they did obtain evidence. Now, Keith has not been able to obtain their evidence to put it in his collection. But they did obtain evidence because they are the ones that contacted the news. The news felt this to be an interesting story, an interesting tale, maybe, because this group had kind of said that they'd gotten evidence. Keith had the camera shot that they showed on Ghost Adventures where something hits the wall and he goes in there and, and he doesn't show the corner. He doesn't show if anybody left that could have thrown it. Um, but then when he told the news that he had went to the church and their church had refused him, then it kind of became um, a news segment locally there and it ran on the news got some publicity and people started driving by the house wanting to talk about it and they interviewed Keith and I think he became a little bit of a local star and being um, in the IT world I think being thrust you know into the limelight he enjoyed that 
And I think he even admits that now. That he got a little excited, you know, that people were were actually interested in this. After the news segment ran, then reluctantly, the church came over and they exercised the house, is the words they used. Key states that it was more of a blessing and things kind of quieted down for just a little bit, but really didn't go away. He then contacted an Episcopalian priest by the name of Father Ray. He came in and did a completely different ceremony and said that he actually exercised the house and he did a minor rite of exorcism on Keith and I couldn't find that he had done it on Tina, but I don't know. Keith said that, um, you know, what Father Ray did was completely different than what the first church did. And that's the reason why he believes maybe the first church did kind of just a blessing, per se. So... It is my understanding then a different local channel wanted to do a story on it. And when they talked about the priests coming in and things, that somehow someone that listened to Darkness Radio sent it to Dave Schrader. Dave Schrader, who is a researcher for Ghost Adventures, kind of research it a little bit it's hard to research a person's home without you know really talking to them and and going through things but he brought this to Zach and like we talked in the previous episode Zach and Aaron the whole Ghost Adventures crew is a little bit in turmoil because Nick Roth has recently left. Um, like I said in that episode, it is, I, I, I am unsure whether they shot the Sally House episode in between or not. But they were still figuring out how Jay and Billy were going to fit into the group. How are, how are they going to investigate, you know, what, what kind of cameras are they going to use? You know, how comfortable are they going to feel and everything like that. For those of you who don't know, Billy led his own group. Um, Billy Tolly was known as the leader of the um, L.A. pimps, I guess. Um, the um, Las Vegas paranormal uh I can't remember what it stands for, but he had his own team. And if you watch uh, the first season of Ghost Adventures, the Ghost Adventures crew actually take him EVPs and audio evidence and use him as an expert. 
Billy was a DJ in Las Vegas named uh, DJ, Inf DJ Inferno and was pretty well known on the West Coast and knew his audio equipment backwards, forwards, and sideways. So he knew, you know, paranormal investigations and everything from running his own team. He has a lot of knowledge. Jay comes in it as a, also an audiovisual tech. Um, Jay sets up a lot of the shots, captures a lot of the imagery and where to set up cameras. But where he is very knowledgeable, and you see it in this episode, is of his research and his uh, delving into the occult, into Wiccan matters. And I want to state now, those are two totally different things. Wiccan doesn't have anything to do with the occult, just like Wiccan doesn't have anything to do with Satanism, and Satanism doesn't have anything to do with the occult. Um, they're all separate, but it is my understanding that Jay does study those and has a very good working knowledge of all of them, and is, you know, getting deeper and deeper into the research and the knowledge part of it, and has been able to help um, Ghost Adventures. They also rely on John Shaw, who now works at the Haunted Museum for Zach. He also has a strong knowledge in the different religions and different um, belief systems that are out there. So, this case, or this location, is presented to Zach as demons. So Ghost Adventures was thinking demons even before arriving. Keith Linder on a couple different podcasts talks about a 15-minute phone call where they kind of get some background information and set him up for, hey, we're arriving at this time, we, we need to be, have the house available, da, da, da. we're going to be filming here, and, and, and things like that. When you compare that to other people who have went on podcasts or been interviewed by magazines or anything like that, they usually have an hour or two phone call where they're asked a lot of different questions, uh, a lot of different issues are explored, hot spots are went over, Things like that, so that then the crew can make a decision, do we actually want to spend the money to go there or not? So I don't know for sure whether they already had that information from Dave Schrader or due to different turmoil that was going on and interests and things that were happening that Ghost Adventures did not really explore this as much as maybe they did other cases. I don't know. Um, like I said in the previous episode, 
during the time before they go and actually shoot this in 2014, Zach buys Demon House in Gary, Indiana and makes trips there. Then they go to the demon or the demons in Seattle in Bothell, uh, Washington. When they arrived, um, Keith states that they weren't extremely friendly at first. And he got the feeling like they felt like this was kind of a waste of time and that they were going through the motions. Um, and when asked by different podcasters, why did you feel that? He said that he would make statements and they would not follow up on, you know, what he was actually saying. They wouldn't ask more questions. Um, they weren't willing to kind of go the extra mile. And so he just found that real unusual. He also talks about the eventual um, segment or film section that everyone that has ever seen this episode wants to talk about. And it is where his girlfriend, Tina, is walking from the living room into the dining room. Zach is standing kind of near the bar. And Tina walks past him and it's almost like she sticks her head out and has a really weird look on her face. And it's almost like it scares Zach. And um, he immediately goes into the living room and she continues walking. Now, according, he claims basically that that was all editing. He said that when you slow the film down, you can actually see that Zach is standing there and he starts to move to go into the living room as Tina is going into the kitchen. And they get close and it's almost like they feel each other. And he says Tina stuck out her head to see better because remember they're in pitch black and to see if anyone human is there or if it is a ghost and that's why she is squinting and has this weird look on her face is because she is trying to determine is that someone or is that a ghost? Is that a demon? What's going on here? Because they haven't been experiencing this. Obviously, to see, you know, Tina come in his three inches or four inches of sight, it startles Zach. 
Keith describes it that they almost bump into each other. And that if you continue, that shot is immediately cut short. And he said the reason why is because Zach and Tina immediately start laughing. And everyone on the set starts laughing because they tell them, you know, what happened was, you know, here they are going in separate directions, not realizing the others there almost bump into each other, but can feel each other's presence. And neither one knew whether it was a human or whether it was something to do with this case. And he said, had they not edited that and cut that short, cut the laughing part out, he said, it's a completely different vibe. It's a completely different um, segment. It's not a, oh, Tina's behind this. Let's blame this on Tina. Tina's um, trying to make things happen. It's a, oh, we're all tense and wondering when the next thing's going to happen. So uh, we're on edge and we're laughing. So he said that when he saw that, he really realized the direction that Ghost Adventures were going. Um, he did not realize that Ghost Adventures thought that he had actually spray painted on the walls. He said, you know, that never occurred to him that they would think that. He said from watching the show, he can see why fans would think that. Because he didn't realize at the time when they were asking him, you know, could people have broke in? Could people have done this? He didn't realize that that's the lane that they were thinking. He was real. He thought they were ruling out stuff. So, after this episode airs, for months on the internet, um, fans and skeptics thought that this had to be fake. Well, when you go back in 2004, after several episodes in the last part of season nine, and you go on Reddit, or you go on any of the internet sites, or any of the paranormal community sites, and you look up the early part of 2014, there are a lot of fans and skeptics questioning Ghost Adventures. They're questioning, do they always find things? And a lot of people are bringing up, hey, no matter where you guys go, even supposedly known fake haunting places, you're finding activity. What's up with that? 
And there are big, long discussions, especially if you go on Reddit, of people, you know, saying, oh, no, they throw the ones out, that they don't get anything. Um, then there are people saying, no, they don't throw anything out. Um, it's during this time that Aaron kind of steps in it. He casually makes a remark during an interview that says, well, no, we research these places. We know that there are things there and we film and what we get is what we get and that's what we show. Um, we're not going to waste money to travel to Timbuktu, Mississippi or wherever, you know, and film something and then just throw it away. Well, when he kind of said that, it caused a stir because up until that point, people had thought that, you know, if they didn't get anything, they just didn't show it. They didn't realize, no, Ghost Adventure shows every episode that they take. So then skeptics started saying they have to be editing. They have to be adding things in. So then the rumor started when Nick left that one of the reasons Nick left was because they were manufacturing evidence. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I have heard that rumor. I don't know whether it's true or not. I have never heard Nick confirm that. So I don't know. But I know this was going on on the internet. I know that Zach, Aaron, Nick, the you know network is seeing that people are starting to question this. At this time, Ghost Adventures is still going to fan conventions and doing meet and greets. They're getting these questions. They know this is going on. So, people who want to believe that the Bothell Hell House is haunted use this particular episode as Ghost Adventures' answer to that. So let me explain. Stay with me here. People who believe that this Keith Linder Bothell Hellhouse is haunted state Ghost Adventures goes in there, chooses this private home that other investigators are not going to be able to get into, that they're not going to give tours of, that they're, you know, not going to um, be inviting people in every weekend. As where they're going to prove to people we don't fake stuff because at this place, we didn't find anything. People say up until this point, they didn't go in very many private homes. 
And when you think about that, they hadn't. They had went in mostly public areas that now, you know, the Whaley House, um, Savannah, the Sally House, um, the um, Queen Mary, um, Winchester Mystery House, Bobby Mikey's, um, the Stanley. These places that they were doing, Eastern State, um, Waverly Hills, these places that they were doing in the early seasons, you as a paranormal investigator can go. You can experience whatever. However, in 2014 when they shot this, you couldn't call up Keith Linder and book a weekend in the Bothell Hell House to see if there was anything there. It was a personal house. So a lot of detractors say Ghost Adventure specifically chose this because you can't go in and refute it. And this guy's claims were really out there. As far as the writing on the wall, the jeans um, nailed to the, the, you know, the ceiling near the wall, um, the Bibles burning, things like that. So they say that Ghost Adventures actually use this as their comeback. Because now when they went to conventions and people said, you find things everywhere you go, Zach could say, really? Have you seen demons in Seattle? We didn't find anything. So think about that. Because, like I said, that happened in 2014. If you go through the internet, you see there is a big uproar of the same exact thing in 2018. If you go on the internet, there's a bunch of fans, there's a bunch of skeptics saying they find stuff everywhere they go. Three months later, you start seeing episodes, I believe it's in season 18, they go into private homes and they don't find anything. Or they find that the people in the homes have mental illness or they have health problems. Or it seems really weird if you see an episode where it's mental health or it's not paranormal. If you go back into the internet at least, I don't know, two, three, four months you see, no matter where you go, whether it's a paranormal community site, whether it's Reddit, whether it's Facebook groups, you'll start seeing people question whether Ghost Adventures is real. And then all of a sudden you'll get a private home investigation where they don't find anything. And you'll see Ghost Adventures doing, a, the Ghost Adventures crew, do an interview They'll do a Facebook Live. Um, they'll do a convention. The New York uh, Comic Convention, they came out and said, look, we had these, uh, these two episodes where we didn't find anything. 
Well, as you and I both know, ghost investigators, you that are sitting here listening to this, that have went out and did your own investigation, know that you sometimes set six, eight, ten, twelve hours at one site, and you might get two Class C, Class B EVPs, and you might have heard a noise. And that's all you get. So a lot of paranormal investigators that do this on the weekend think, how do they get all of this evidence and I get nothing? And I've, I've seen a lot of paranormal investigators talk on the internet. I'm thinking of quitting because I'm no good at this. And I think, you know, this, this is part of this phenomenon. So let's flip back to the Bothell Hell House. I, I kind of got off on a tangent. After Ghost Adventures came in 2014, and the show actually aired in February of 2015, Keith Linder became extremely upset. He felt like Ghost Adventures did not show a lot of the film that they captured. Uh, they didn't show them talking to him a lot. They didn't show a lot of evidence that, that he gave them. He gave them names, you know, of Father Ray, the Episcopalian priest that came in and exercised the house. They didn't talk to him. He, he, I guess, had some first-hand accounts of, you know, what was going on and stated that and wanted to tell them that. Um, you know, they wanted him to talk to, or wanted Ghost Adventures to talk to the news, or excuse me, the news reporters um, from TV. I guess they had some experiences that they wanted to share. Um, so he felt like they really didn't do an adequate job. And he really felt like Ghost Adventures made him look like a money-hungry fame-seeker. But, in my opinion, Keith Linder kind of made himself seem like that. Number one, on the actual show of Ghost Adventures, he kind of made himself seem like that. But, number two... He started going on any podcast that he could get his hands on and get interviewed. Any newspaper, any uh, internet site. He wanted it out there of all his findings and everything. Uh, he created a YouTube channel. It's under Keith L., and he put up all the videotapes he has, all the EVPs he has. I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I haven't 
fully explored it because he has a lot. Um, some of the EVPs I can't understand. I have no clue what they say. Um, there's a couple where he says it sounds like they say no. If I am uh, really easy, I think maybe it might say stop, but I really even can't tell. So, um, he has his evidence up there. Also, if you write in um, Bothell Hell House, there is another group that has their evidence there. Um, I also believe that there is another one under Demons in Seattle. Because what Keith did was he actually contacted Don Phillips. And Don Phillips brought a crew in. And then he contacted a guy named Steve Mara. And he is from overseas. He's an international paranormal investigator that has over 30 years plus experience investigating the paranormal. And he actually got together his own investigation crew and came over to America to Bothell, Washington, and basically moved in. They put up cameras 24-7, uh, motion detectors, and caught a lot of different evidence. Keith Linder says, and I mean... That's all I can say is it's his word. He says every investigative team that came in to the Bothell Hell House except Ghost Adventures found evidence. But they all stayed longer. He says that what is in that house does not perform on command and Ghost Adventures acted like it should. He says they only spent three or four hours in there. They spent a lot of time outside setting up equipment, interviewing him, interviewing him and Tina in the kitchen and stuff like that and having him walk them around. But as far as investigating, they only did it for three or four hours. And he said, this house was not one to perform on command. For you to say, throw something, that it wasn't going to do it. He also says that Ghost Adventures is the only group that came in and said, or even mentioned, this could be demons. That every group that came in said this was a poltergeist. Now, we've talked on previous episodes, especially um, some of the ones with um, ghost hunters, because Grant Wilson um, talks about it in two different episodes. That a poltergeist is usually man-made. It is created based on someone's emotions, their anxiety, their stress, their fear. 
it is energy that is generated from someone. And it's usually a female. However, once he and Tina broke up and Tina moved out, Keith continued to live there for another, I think it was eight or nine months. And that is when Steve Mara and Don Phillips came in. And there were still things happening. Which led them to believe that Keith was creating the energy. And so they kind of went into that kind of study. Through talking to them, Keith wrote, um, it started out to be an e-book. It's called The Bothell Hell House, Poltergeist of Washington State. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get very good reviews. It is really wrote in a simple tone of voice. It is poorly edited. It's very hard to understand at points. Um, and it's not at all scientific or anything. He is supposedly in the process of writing two more books. One about his experiences in the home and his experiences since moving. Because he still is hearing child laugh and he has seen I believe it is the gray lady in the new place he is living um, some people that have went in and investigated one member of Steve Mayer's group believes that there were two different things going on that there was a haunting there and that's possibly where the, the gray or white lady came from but because of that, it created anxiety, stress, fear, all of that in Keith, with gener which generated energy and also created a poltergeist. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't really know what to believe. I know that you can find Steve Maris research under uh, demonsinseattle.com um, he has I believe a report and then he has different videos and EVPs and explains different things in there both Steve Mara and Don Phillips have produced books and documentaries from this house and from the evidence that they collected I haven't read their books. I'm just going to be very honest with you. I have no idea what they say. I can only go on um, synopsises of the books or magazine or internet interviews that I have heard. I have heard Steve Mara and Don Phillips. I haven't heard them at all on any podcast that I've been made aware of. I know the latest podcast that I could find is Unsolved Mysteries of the World. And it's season four, episode 14. And it's a 15-minute podcast about the Bothell Hell House. That's the latest one I could find. However, Keith Linder usually, and I'm stating usually, um, when he's getting ready to come out with a new book or some new evidence or, or something, he 
usually does a promotion tour where he goes on a lot of podcasts or tries to get interviewed by magazines. And then again, there's a real push to get him on in October. So if there's any podcast that you follow, look in last year's October and usually from the last week of September to the second week of November, usually he's featured on a lot of different podcasts. Um, I know I've listened to him on the Creaking Door and um, Darkness Radio. I've I've listened to him on, on different things, say, say different things. So uh, you should be able to catch his side of things. As far as what I think, I know you guys get tired of this, but I am kind of sitting on the fence. You guys know that I'm a skeptic. Um, I thought a lot of the stuff that I saw in the episode was really outlandish. But then when you hear what Steve Merritt and Don Phillips did and how they investigated, it kind of swings you over a little bit. For instance, what Zach, Billy, Aaron, Jay called spray paint on the wall. When Steve Merritt and Don Phillips got there, they actually used gloves, um, got a scraping tool, took actual um, scrapings of that to determine is the spray paint. Because if it is, you know, we want to be able to roll it out or whatever. They sent it to a lab. Actually, they sent it to two different labs because they wanted two different results to make sure that no one could say that they were uh, budging anything. Both labs came back that the substance that was used was not spray paint. That it was something called bone black and that it is an organic material uh, found out uh, in nature in the Washington area. That it is not marker, it is not spray paint, it's not permanent marker, it, it's not anything like that. And they determined for you to use an organic material like bone black to make symbols and everything that wide, that dark, uh, using that material that it would take quite a while and take quite a lot of it. Now, they didn't determine whether or not who did that or what did that, but they did rule out that's not spray paint. So I was a little shocked when watching you know, screaming room and watching the guys break it down that they hadn't researched that and found that that wasn't spray paint because we saw in that episode Billy say, oh, I know that's spray paint. I worked with my dad for all these years on construction. I know that was made by a spray paint nozzle. But Billy, did you check it out? Did you scrape the wall? Did you, did you get the results back? Because maybe it was spray paint when you guys were there. But when Steve Mayer and Don Phillips were, it wasn't. W what do you say to that? 
So when little things like that are brought up, it makes you wonder. Um, through doing some of the research on the internet, one guy brought up, he finds it awful amusing that Zach purchased Demon House in Gary, Indiana in early 2014, goes there, and then all of a sudden, they're dealing with a demon house in Seattle? Does he want to find anything? Because if Zach finds anything in a demon house in Seattle that he doesn't own, and is not controlling a documentary of, and it becomes famous or people get excited about it, will they be excited about his demon house in Gary, Indiana? And that's one of those things that make you go, hmm. Another thing that makes you go, hmm. You don't see Billy and Jay in this a lot. I know this was one of their first investigations, but they'd been with Ghost Adventures for years. They should have been comfortable. Why didn't we see them more? Or were they cut out? Were they edited out? Um, was the reason why they only investigated three hours because of all the turmoil that was going on with Nick, not blaming this on Nick, but with them losing a member, original founding member, um, did it cause them to miss something here? And I think that's my biggest thing, is were they trying to tell their fans, oh, we, we do show you when we don't find anything. Matter of fact, we make fun of them. When we don't find anything. See here. Here's the episode. Were they creating that? And they missed. A real one. Because there's a lot of places they went. That I was like. This. This looks like garbage. And you know they. Uh, made chicken salad out of it. As the saying goes. So. Um, just really weird to me. This whole episode has taken on a life of its own. Now, there are two or three more in Ghost Adventures that have taken on a life of their own. But this seems to be the one where fans think this is fake. This is garbage. I can't believe Ghost Adventures put this on the air. I can't believe they wasted their time. I can't believe they edited this. I can't believe, you know, they keep repeating it. And then you have the paranormal community on the other side that says, why didn't they stay longer? Why didn't they actually follow up on things? In that episode, you see Zach hear something. It's never followed up on Bill Chappelle does his own experiment. And if you watch the projections, they're getting words. They're getting manual. They're getting names. Um, 
at one point they got tall, um, which Keith Linder says that the gray lady is tall. They um, get another word, and I can't remember it right off. Um, Should have wrote it down. But they get different words that are popping up on that screen, and you never see them discuss them. And they say, well, they didn't make sense for the questions we were asking. Well, okay, when you use the same equipment in other places, does it always make sense? Or do you make it make sense? And so I guess that's kind of the questions that that I have and, and that I've, I don't know, I want answers to, but I know that I'm not going to get them. Um, but I wanted, I had taken, um, some time off and really wanted to step back. I also wanted to tape a lot of different shows and I kind of wanted to go in a different direction instead of just doing a play-by-play of an episode. You're still going to hear some play-by-play when I want to make a certain point or something. But um, I wanted to break down episodes. And like I told you guys, I wanted to break down locations. For those of you who follow Paranormal Review on Facebook, or you follow Paranormal Review on Twitter, or you write us at ParanormalReviewPod at gmail.com, then you know that the first location article actually came out last week, and it was about the Conjuring House uh, up in Rhode Island, and it is now called um, The Farm on Round Top Hill. And I talked about what Corey Heinzen has said and the controversy between the Perrons and the Warrens. And um, I didn't make it a podcast, but I, I just kind of made it, made it an article. I'm going to take these two podcasts and also kind of make them into an article. You can find them on medium.com. I've created a publication there. It is called Paranormal Review. And... Um, if you're looking for those articles, all you have to do is type in Paranormal Review, and they should be listed there. Now, obviously, um, tonight's uh, two podcasts haven't been turned into articles yet, but they will be, and they will be up soon. And you, again, can find them on Paranormal Review's Facebook page or on their Twitter page. I will be posting them there. So if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, protests, you want to give me any information that you know about about the Bothell Hell House or Ghost Adventures Demons in Seattle, you want to give me your opinion. I, I want to know, what do you think? After listening to these two episodes, you you listen to what, what all was going on. And what was found after by independent investigators. And what Keith Linder says. What do you think? Is it crap? You know, did did these investigators from overseas, did they make stuff up in order to get a book or to get a documentary? What? What? 
I guess it came down to money. I mean, I was going to say, well, why would they do that? Well, in order to get a book and, and documentary and make money. But if you use that same logic, why does Ghost Adventure do what they do? To get money. It's not really to further the field of paranormal uh, studies. Ghost Adventures doesn't present any of their information or research at any convention. They don't do any lectures. They don't do any publications or anything like that. They are not uh, furthering paranormal studies whatsoever. So um, if you're going to rule out this research agency that is actually putting out articles, books, documentaries, um, actually trying to further the study of paranormal, and you're going to rule them out because of money, why can't you rule ghost adventures out? I don't know. That's a question for another day. But uh, I will be talking to you guys soon. Like I said, uh, I will be working overtime for you guys here. I've got some exciting things coming up, and I look forward to talking to you guys soon.